Welcome to This Is Only Your Life. That's sarcastic, meaning it's only your life, no big deal. Overcoming the bullshit to open your heart and mind with Janice Corsano. In this episode, you know, and people feeling so helpless and hopeless. And we were talking about how when you feel helpless and hopeless and that keeps happening over and over, we create more of that without realizing. The more we feel something, the more we believe something, the more we see it in our life. And then it becomes what stuck in a place. And we keep going around the same bush over and over. We tend to learn by repeat. You know, I call it the rinse and repeat. Isn't that why they put that on shampoo? <laughs> they, want you, they want you to use more shampoo, right? Be like, do it again, Michelle. <laughs> Wash that hair again. It wasn't clean the first time. It's like, I think, because I, whenever they show it to me, it's like, rinse and repeat on the shampoo now i don't actually do that but i'm like is that just so that we can use more shampoo isn't isn't our hair is it not clean when we do it the first time having a new person with us today, Michelle. Say hi to everyone, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Um, Michelle's going to be joining us on the podcast um, pretty much most of the time now. Christine, my assistant, is now off doing some other things, which I'm very excited for her. So we have a new helper, um, Michelle, who's going to come in and, and help us with podcasts and all kinds of things. So yay, Michelle. Excited to have you. Me too. Looking forward, you. Yeah, looking forward to doing some fun things together. And we wish Christine um, love and light and all happiness and can't wait to hear the good things that she's doing. Um, so, Michelle, when you and I were talking before, and this is our second take on the podcast because it decided to delete itself, which is actually funny because it does that once in a while, um, which means that apparently we needed to do a different one. Who knows? Or we'll find it, and then you'll see it, hear it another time. Um, but that's like when we talk about how many times you got to do something, right? We were, we were laughing about it because sometimes it takes and, and then we need to shut up about that and say, no, it only takes one time because we don't want to create more of the three times to do something. But you've been noticing like it takes more than one time to get anything done. And then it's like, wait, why is that? That shouldn't be. So wherever that track is, Michelle, you and I will find it at some point and be like, oh, remember when we did that? That was so cool. Um, how did it get over here? What the frick it's doing there? So we were talking about what kinds of things that you've been seeing. Because I haven't seen Michelle for a while. My allergies are, are need to cut it out. Um, but we haven't seen you for a while. And Michelle's been in group and um, been doing the work for quite a while. And so the things that you've been experiencing in your life, because I get to see so many things and people come to me for, for you know help in all kinds of areas. And... And you being out in the world differently, and what kind of things you were experiencing, and what were you saying you saw a lot of? Just in general, the uncertainty in the world, and, and um, people um, committing suicide, and taking other people out with them, and how um, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty in the world these days. Yeah, and it's really high, really high, and the suicide rate is high. Um, and that we were talking about has a lot to do with the fear and the feeling hopeless. Like, there's no way out. Like, no matter what you do, how much you do it, um, there's no way out. We try to make sure, with us, we try to help people not get there. Like, we know that we have tools, and 
And I was asking Michelle if she's, if she's ever felt suicidal. And what did you say? What was your... Um, no, I haven't felt suicidal, but I felt more of like I wanted to escape. Oh, right. You're the island. You're yeah. going to the island. That's right. Escape to an island. <laughs> we will find Michelle when she actually leaves. She's going to an island and taking a kayak, and we will know where she is because she just told everyone. Um <laughs> But the fun, the, the fun thing about that is, is that, that in your mind for you, that's kind of a, like a, that dream. Like if I just take like, even if it was a week or two, you know, it'd be like, I just need a private island by myself for a week because you're not talking about forever. There's days when we're talking about forever, but that would be like your suicide, like my forever out of this life. But you're not talking about killing yourself. You're talking about the idea that I'm done. <laughs> I'm done doing this. I don't want any part of this anymore. And then I'll go live on the island for the rest of my days and do whatever that you need to do on the island and not be bothered. <laughs> yeah, not be bothered by freaking anybody. And that's kind of the point, like when we were talking about it. Now, I was saying that, that I felt suicidal over the years, and it's not, I'm not suicidal as a person, and that's not been a, a thing that I would ever consider. But if I ever did, that it would be not me because I pick up so much from everybody else that, that I always say to people, if, if I ever commit suicide, it's actually not me. I didn't actually commit suicide. So don't ever believe that. But because the intensity is so strong, can you feel suicidal? Absolutely. So we got to be careful because we pick up so much from other people that we may think that we are. Luckily, I know the difference. And that would be really important because there's so many people and the anger and the frustration. We were talking about what was going on last Thursday. The energy was so intense, and I was feeling the intensity so strong that I couldn't actually get half the stuff done that I would normally be doing because I was so overwhelmed with the energy. And that energy was, um, I was getting emails and texts from clients and um, family and friends about what the hell is going on. And it was happening all week. It wasn't just Thursday, but it was happening all week. And it's been happening for years now, but we'll get these spurts where it just gets really intense. And last week was intense. And some people didn't experience it the same way, but there was a lot that did. And luckily we don't all go through the same thing at the same time. Thank God. Cause we'd all like jump off the planet at the same time because we'd be putting so much of that out, but it, it was happening for a lot of people and what was happening. And then I would get these and then I would say, okay, this is what it feels like. I'm not taking this shit anymore. I'm not happy with this. I'm not doing this. And the part of it, the point of it was so strong that it was like, okay, so I'm breaking up with this person or I'm just quitting my job or I'm like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. So that frustration and that level and interesting when I feel it to that, I know something's happening. Like I know something's coming like, cause I couldn't get rid of it. And usually once in a while that happens. And when that happens, it usually means something else is coming and they don't tell me what it is because I can't call anybody and go, Oh, so, you know, near Orlando or there might be a, you know, an attack of some, because then they would probably arrest me thinking that I knew something about it, which the only thing I know is what they're telling me. So until that time comes when we could actually make those calls, then apparently they're not going to tell me because who am I going to call? <laughs> You'd be like, um, so, you know, I'm feeling this and, and hopefully when that, that time comes, there'll be more of us that can call and then they'll be like, oh, we're getting a few calls about this thing. And we need to go check that out, you know, make sure everyone is, is safe. realizing the more we feel something, the more we believe something, the more we see it in our life. And then it becomes what stuck in a place. And we keep going around the same bush over and over. We tend to learn by repeat. 
you know, I call it the rinse and repeat. Isn't that why they put that on shampoo? <laughs> they, want you, they want you to use more shampoo, right? Be like, do it again, Michelle. <laughs> Wash that hair again. It wasn't clean the first time. It's like, I think, because whenever they show it to me, it's like rinse and repeat on the shampoo. Now, I don't actually do that, but I'm like, sometimes we got to do it. Well, for us, I don't know, thousands, maybe millions and then we wonder why why can't we change that? Like why is why Michelle, why are we stuck in that same fucking bush going around the that same tree? This tree looks familiar. I swear to God. Been around this tree how many times now? You know, I've seen that leaf so many times. It's now flowering. Oh good, that's good. I actually didn't learn a fucking thing. The thing that I learned is I keep going around the same thing and feeling the same thing over and over, and that's our tip off. It's like if you feel the same emotion. And for you, what's the what's the the tip off when you're, you know, like because it's the same emotion, we feel the same thing. It feels like we're it's the same feeling over and over. And how we know it, it's like, no matter what it is, it can be in work, it can be in relationships. But now it's bleeding into everything. So it's like, and I feel the same emotion over and over. I feel like I hate this. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting up with this anymore. But we're really looking for what makes us happy. We're really looking to get to what our soul is really calling for us to be doing. And that we need to overcome our program and the beliefs. And we're starting to see like signs of that where it's like, I can't do this anymore. But at the same time, like you said, when, when we were talking about before, it's like, be careful how you say it. Because when you say, I don't, what did you say? I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, because when you said, I can't do this anymore, because Michelle would do that. And, and most people do that, right? You would do that. I did that. And what I was saying is, I did that so well that when I had the accident, I remembered it so well that I said, I can't do this anymore. And I didn't mean literally. <laughs> the universe took it literal, but I didn't mean literal. This coughing and these allergies are unbelievable. Um, and that's another thing. The intensity, our sensitivity level, one of the reasons that our allergies are so bad, and they hear it from a lot of people, um, our sensitivity. And every single um, gear in the last, I think, five years... They said the allergies are the worst they've ever been. The worst they've ever been. So what's happening on the planet that the allergies are the worst they've ever been? I think it's us. We're getting more sensitive. And things that have not been an issue for years and years and years, like 20 years, are now coming back as illnesses that, that disappeared. And now they're coming back. And that has a lot to do with our sensitivity and how much we're picking up from each other. So I get people's back pain. I get people's illnesses like like I'll feel like I have the flu if I'm around someone who has the flu that doesn't mean I have the flu but can I get the flu yes and the allergies the sensitivity to everything I'm sensitive to like medicines to begin with now I'm even more sensitive to the grass and to whatever I don't even know what the allergy is to but it's like it's an allergy to everything (laughs) (laughs) and we were talking about the rain and the freaking weather is not helping well, it doesn't make you feel like when you're depressed and when you're sad and when you're feeling like you're hopeless um, and you wake up and it's cloudy and raining again, you basically just want to crawl back into bed and you're like, where's the sun? And then the sun's been playing a little joke on us when it comes out for five minutes and then it goes away. <laughs> like, five days. <laughs> you're like, wait, wait, well, I thought it said sunny today. That's the, that's the job I always wanted, the weather forecaster. I mean, you could be wrong. 90% of the time now. And they got some really good equipment. And that's why it's it's kind of funny. It's like, 
they got some really good equipment now that they didn't have before, and they should do the weather forecast like this. Yesterday, it was... <laughs> <laughs> then they'd be spot on. They'd be accurate. <laughs> they'd be spot on. But that's kind of the thing. Like, they can't even tell. Like, they'll say, like, there'll be showers. But, you know, we should basically have a partly sunny, partly cloudy. Could it rain? <laughs> or snow. Or fucking who knows. I think we changed our, um, we changed it to we might live in Oregon now. We are at the same lateral. Like, we switched with somebody else. We're trying out some other weather, you know. But there is so much with that that we affect the weather. And you could tell, like, it's so extreme. It's it was freezing. We're in June, I think. I think we're in June. I don't even know what month we're in. I think we're in June. How cold was it the other night when you, like... It was in the 40s. Right. And it was like, I wanted to turn my heat on. I was freezing. I did turn my heat on. Did you? I, I almost did. did. I was like, I put I put the little heater on. Not the heat, but it's I put the little... Heater. Yeah, the little, <laughs> the little heater. <laughs> I was like, my God, I'm freezing. I got blankets. I got my heavy pajamas on. I got a robe. I'm like, why is it so cold? Isn't it June? But that's part of it. And then, then it was... Bright and sunny, and then it was pouring. Then it was, I'm like, it was just, well, it's confusing. And that's kind of how life is. It's freaking confusing. But people don't realize we affect the weather. So when you look at the weather, it's a great way for you to see, like, what's going on in the world. Oh, the weather's here to help tell us. And the same thing with what's my feeling every day, that feeling of being stuck and going around in the circle over and over. What kinds of things can we do? We're not stopping. We're running so far, running so far, running so fast. We're trying to run far. We're not getting very far. We go around in the same circle. But if I said, Michelle, like, what's the thing that feeling-wise that would come up for you a lot that you actually go, I feel like I'm running around in the same circle? You know, like, what's the what's it trying to show you? Yeah, it's the, the financial struggle always comes back. Um, feeling like I can't meet my ends meet as a single mom and that, um, boy, that's such a taught program, ain't it? <laughs> you know, like, honestly, like where would we learn that, that it would be hard for a single mom everywhere? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's very much, a, a lot of society has that belief. Like it's hard for a single mom. Right. You don't hear Oh, it's, that's an easy thing. Right. It's yeah. more like, and how we, you know, get to that point where we're going to be a single mom and we make that decision to get divorced and that's a tough decision. That's not something we do lightly. And then how hard that's going to be as a single mom, because now now we don't have the income of two people. We have maybe some help from somebody, but it's not the same. And then it's like, okay, so now it's all on me. Okay, now what? It's all on me. And that idea that we're supposed to be able to go do that and is then what we take on, but we didn't get taught it like that. You know, because once you get married, what's supposed to happen? You're supposed to stay married. You're supposed to stay married, right? It's the, the whole point. <laughs> the vows, yeah. The whole vow thing. And then we continue to do that for as long as, you know, we work on it. It's not like we, you know, well, some people do it very lightly, but most people do not. So when it comes down to it, and now you're the single mom trying to make ends meet, where would you have learned that it's hard to do by yourself? everywhere <laughs> and when you run into you know how many moms have you run into that are single moms that have a hard time a lot yeah i was gonna be like it's All probably them, right? like probably it's rare that i, I don't even think trying to think because in somebody else's <laughs> yeah that's why i'm asking you because in someone else's world that isn't a thing it's like oh single mom oh that's easy like i don't know where you know, like, I mean, 
I don't tend to know that every single single mom that I know, um, there's some that are it's way easy for, and there's some that it's way harder for. So I do know some that you know in, in the range. But do I see more that have been taught that it's way harder, and is it way hard? Yes. Does that seem to be more of a theme? But there's little pockets, just like you know those the um, tribes that that do not believe in you get slower as you get older. I love that tribe. I kind of remember where the hell I read that and what tribe it is. That doesn't have anything to do with um, the outside world, you know. And they're still, you know, back in whatever age. And the boys at twenty cannot beat the forty-year-old men who cannot beat the sixty-year-old men. So as they age, they get faster and they race. And the racing is they kind of, as you get older, you get faster and stronger. And over here, that would be a joke. Right. They'd be like, are you kidding? What are you talking about? Yeah, your dad is going to beat the pants off you when, when you guys race. No, he ain't. <laughs> no, he's he, my dad is now 60 or my dad is now 40. He's not. Yeah, he is. And that's what happens in that. And I love that because they're not tainted by any outside beliefs. And that's their belief. And that's always been the way that it was for, you know, hundreds, thousands of years, whoever, however long it was. And that's what happens. So when we say that our beliefs don't make a difference, they make a big difference. Because over here, if you said that to somebody, they'd be like, yeah, um, yeah, my 60-year-old person is going to beat the 20-year-old? And no. And the 40-year-old? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. So when we say, like, the idea that, you know, society's most single moms, you know, have a hard time, you know, that it's way harder. And, you know, you're trying to take care of all these things and... and you know, whether it be financial on top of, you know, mental, emotional, and then how do you even take care of you? Like, where are you in this? And that's why I said to you, like, well, how do you take care of you? Like, because who comes off our list first? Who comes off your list over I there? Sometimes I'm not even on the list. <laughs> right. If you, if you put yourself on the list, how do you get off in five seconds? Right. You're like, Michelle, were you on the list? Well, I tried. <laughs> I, I penciled myself in and erased really fast <laughs> after, after I figured out my day. I was like, I was going to take a walk. That was in pencil. Everything else in pen, really bold. Then I penciled Michelle in on the bottom there for a quick little walk. And then after that, um, she was written off really fast. Not only did I pencil her in, I erased her. <laughs> I took her right off. I'm trying to think maybe the end of the week I might be able to put her in somewhere. So true. <laughs> But that's the part for you. It's like, so what is it? What is it that is, how do you take care of yourself? And that belief, because the reason that I'm telling you about the people, you know, that are running faster, it's like, we've been trained in that. We need to break these, you know, and we say, break the training chains, you know, it's like these chains that we have, they sink in and then we see them and then we experience them. Hence, they're true. But do they have to be? And you were talking about when, you know, Michelle changing jobs and stuff and, the difference about her having now more faith, belief, and trust, and things show up that so she doesn't have to struggle as much or she doesn't have to worry. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that you did? Because years ago, Michelle would very be worried about this, like, like terrified, like how in God's name is this going to happen? There's no way. Right, and now if I look back on it's like three years at least, if only I had trusted the world three years ago, I would have been have so much less worry in my life and um it's just trying you know letting go 
and having that faith, belief, and trust that I can't control everything. Because I guess when you worry, that gives you a sense of control. And that's praying for what we don't want, though. So that's actually the, the, the thing that we're going to get more of is the thing that we're worrying about. Right. So I'm, you know, I would create scenarios in my head that haven't even happened yet that were negative things, the what-ifs. Yep. Instead and of so creating. we have the exercise, you what-if up. If you're going to what-if, you might as well what-if up. Because give us a what-if. Like when we what-if, we usually what-if down. <laughs> what-if... <laughs> Yeah, give us, give us the one thing. Uh, what if I had a wonderful job that I loved that allowed me to easily pay all my bills and uh, gave me the flexibility to do the things that I love? And that's a great what if up. Yeah. Now, what would we normally be doing in uh, our what if downs? Because we what if downs. never going to find a job you like. <laughs> it's never going to pay you enough. Which is, the, yeah, which is the which is the one that pops in the fastest. It's like, it's never going to happen. You're going to kill yourself. You're not getting paid. No one's going to, you can't do this. You're not going to have flexible. You won't be able to. So you either sell your life and become the slave to the nine to five and, you know, or seven to seven or whatever you were working over there. Um, and then you have no life and you can't, you know, have flexibility. Or you start to do, wait a minute, this doesn't work for me. Hold on. And how do I make it work? And then we start to see something different. And if you think about it, if you're like three years ago, if you had more faith, belief, and trust, then it's all what we're learning, you know, so we can't, we can't beat ourselves up too much for it. It's part of the lessons, but what do you think would be different? Because you, you, you have more now. I do. Yeah. Uh, less struggle, definitely. And um, just being happy where I am and also being able to show that to my children that, you know, you can trust in the world and things will be okay. You don't have to control everything. Because, boy, we want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that that's our biggest issue. Like, if we can control everything. The thing is, we can't control anything, which is why we want to control everything except ourselves. Because if we could control, right, wouldn't we have changed everyone by now? <laughs> wouldn't everyone be exactly the way we want them to be? Wouldn't all those people that are driving us fucking nuts and hitting all of our buttons be like, okay, Magic Wand, they're going to be like this now. Magic Wand, my kid's going to act like this now. And this one's going to do this, and they're going to help around the house, and they're going to, and that person's going to do this. And, I mean, we would have our life, like, if we actually had control, shit would be, like, fucking fabulous. Because we would make it that way, right? Right. So apparently we don't. <laughs> we hate the idea because we don't. It's fucking scary. And then we go, all right, what do we really have control over? We have control over the way that we feel. We have control of the way we react. We have control over the way that we think about something. And we actually have control over that being how we create our life. So if we're going like, all right, so what's the difference in what you changed? Because now that you realize that you have control over something way more than you thought, and it is your life. Right. And it is actually making it better. Right. And then trust that it's going to be okay and how things do show up. Isn't it amazing? Because when you gave up the how, because we were talking about what, one of the things that we do is whenever we think about a new job or how, where is it coming from? How is it going to show up? Well, I didn't see any. I looked for and nothing showed up and or I applied for and no one called me back or I did this. And how am I supposed to make $1,000 a week or how am I supposed to make 200 extra or whatever the hell it is that we need? And the how we can't think of, the universe, you know, has way more options apparently we don't have as many in our head because we limit ourselves to whatever we think we can do 
And then when we get out of our way, what things showed up? Right, I got some rebate checks in the mail that I wasn't expecting, and then I had some um, people calling me to take care of their dogs out of the blue, and then Janice called me out of the blue, and um, it covered the job that was ending, and all these new things came right in time. And what's interesting about it is they were ones that you liked better. Because if we said, like, what were the things that you'd be putting out more, what kind of things? Because we are in that time where we're like, we want more of this. We want ha- more happiness. We're not doing this anymore. We're not putting up with. We don't want to. Now, we're struggling with those things because the old and the new are fighting. But what's the things that you are putting out more of? Right. So I was looking for something that's more flexible, fun, variety of things that can use my talents rather than the old belief that I would have to sit at a desk all day long and be miserable and work hard and that that way you'll be able to pay your bills. Well, that's one. <laughs> that's up there. That is on that is on the top of our training list. This is how you do it. Work your ass off, go to some place and the sad thing is is that most of us didn't get taught that if you love it you get paid for it. Um we got taught that you just go out and work. And it's not we're not saying that you don't do what you got to do. We all do what we got to do. And the difference is that when we do what we got to do and love it, then we look forward to it as we're learning to be able to do that. And that's what you're getting to see more of in your life. It's like what's showing up now, more of the things that you really want to be doing because Michelle really likes this work that, that her and I are going to do. And she loves dogs. She loves animals. She wanted to be a vet. And then when she saw that there was a lot of pain and suffering, she's like, not that part of the vet. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them what you were saying about that. Yeah. I, when I was 16, I, I, thought I wanted to be a vet, so I worked in uh, a veterinary hospital, and there was, you know, just, you know, putting dogs to sleep and things like that. That's not what I wanted to do. She's like, oh, I wanted what part? I wanted the happy, fun part of taking care of the dog and... um, And getting to be with them. Yeah, and just enjoying time and outdoors with them rather than, you know, taking care of sick animals. And it's not that you have a thing against taking care of sick animals. It just breaks your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, I can't handle Like, I'm not going to be able to handle I wouldn't be able to do that every day. Yeah, I can't handle that. And what's interesting about that is when it comes to pets, that's even harder than when it comes to people. Because we will let our pets get into our heart. Like, we are, like, they're unconditional love. So we unconditional love back. So when we lose a pet, that's probably... So, yeah, so heart-wrenching for people. And when we lose people, it's heart-wrenching and horrific, except we never let them in, except for our kids. You know, like, the ones that we let in are basically our kids and, and, and sometimes our relationship to a certain degree. Um, but we never open our heart to the same degree after we got hurt the first time. So it's like, okay, that close that sucker just a little bit. We ain't ever having that feeling again. Not that we don't, because we do, but... The the difference is that our pets, we really open our heart to, and they really open their heart, and we trust them, and we don't feel like they're going to hurt us, so we're not on guard, and we don't put walls up, and then when something happens, that's devastating. We're like, how am I supposed to do this without that person, and, and that pet is that person to us, mm-hmm. that one that we actually love unconditionally. So you'll see people, like, they can't watch anything to do with animals being hurt, but they could see people get <laughs> beat the fuck out of right? That would be me. Yeah. And I hear that a lot because the amount of love that animals are giving. 
you know, they, they're here and they take out our stuff. Like if we're feeling sad, you know how they sit around us and we'll spend more time with you and they'll put their head on you. They'll do all those things like we wish people would do. <laughs> Yeah, Vincent's so nice if somebody else noticed <laughs> We could use a hug right now. But your pet's over there, you know, like giving you more attention and, you know, and knows. And they'll take on our stuff. That's why a lot of pets get illnesses that their owners have and and start to look like their owners. <laughs> and that was something that I thought of when you mentioned that um, right when I was going through my divorce. And that's when our dog died. He just died out of the blue. Yeah. Like he was not even he's like six. Very young. Very, very young. And I'm wondering whether that had a lot to do with it. I would think because yeah. when we say like they take on and there's a lot of, you know, heartache and a lot of pain when you're going through divorce. And it's not just one person, it's a family and the dog is, you know, that they're closer to one person. There's a one person that takes care of them, but they are the family pet. They love family. Yeah. So does that take a toll on them absolutely just like it takes a toll on us but they try to take the pain for us and that's where when you see pets you see them do that like you'll see them like so close to you and doing that and we don't feel like people try to do that although they do right or like when the pet dies two days after the owner dies mm -hmm. that's amazing it's amazing i think that happened um that happens way more than people than people even know and it uh, happens a lot with them two as being like the two together like you know if you if somebody loses their partner and they have their dog and the dog is and it's the same like with partners because somebody just um recently the grandfather i think passed and two days later the grandma passed because you know they've been together for 60 something years so that's you know and you think of that movie you know what's that amazing movie um where they both died together. Oh, God. You know the name when I think. That terms of endearment. Nope. It's, um... Oh, God. You guys all know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I said it the other day. It's like, um... Where she got Alzheimer's and he... And it was, um, Oh, The Notebook? Yes, thank you. I'm like, I know the name of the damn movie. <laughs> the Notebook, yes. And, you know, how he stayed with her and, you know, that was his life. Yeah. And that they basically died together in each other's arms. And that actually happens. And it's usually within a day or a couple of days of each other. But it seems to happen way more with our pets because that's the things that we, you know, basically let into that degree. So when you see that, it's like, I don't need to be here without, without you. And so I'll go home now. Yeah. I'll go home with you. So it's, it's amazing. And when we talk about like the difference of, how we let pets in versus how we let people in. We don't trust people. <laughs> we trust our pets. We don't trust people. So if we thought about unconditional love and what our pets teach us, we'd be like, open your heart and let people in. It's scary. That's why we're having half the issues that we have. We're scared to death. We've been hurt too many times. We don't trust people and what they're going to do to us because usually it feels like they're stomping the shit out of us. Even though they're not necessarily, they're probably doing the, feeling the same thing on that their side, but that's not what it feels like to us. So when we think about why we're having the issues that we're having, it comes down to our fear about letting people in and what they're going to do. It's like giving somebody the ability, that's how we feel, like giving somebody the ability to rip your heart out. After I felt that pain once, why in God's name would I do that again? What am I, out of my fucking mind? And that's why we see a lot of the kids um, nowadays 
um, having this casual sex stuff and not taking it sacred and stuff because they're looking for love and intimacy, but they're scared to death of it. And that's what we're seeing a lot of. So we're seeing a lot of the backstabbing and stuff because they basically don't trust and they've been taught it um, in a very high degree. So they're seeing we're seeing a lot of that in picking on each other and in competition with each other and who's better. And, you know, you have teenagers. Or there's an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not being true to you. What are they really trying to get? Yeah. yeah. And that would be stuff like, and every generation has experienced it, but this generation is experiencing it to an extreme. And that's part of this change, like, so that we can overcome it. Um, that's why I'm doing a group for, for girls um, on Saturdays now. Because I'm seeing so much of it, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's really sad. It, it breaks my heart. And there's so many there's so many places that break my heart that make it um, hard for me to focus on just one. And be like, okay, that's the one we're going to do. Because we know so many, and they work in the same, the same way. The way that we feel and see the world is the way that we're going to experience it so just helping the girls to you know have better relationships with each other and you know think of women like the labels that they have on themselves are horrific and the lit waves that they have on each other like okay we already know we already know michelle that that apparently women are crazy (laughs) and men are assholes we already know that because that was the first thing that if you ask women are crazy men are assholes you don't have to put in the they just put it in for you um but the idea that we would be in competition and not be sisters working together and that that would be something that we would, you know, try to steal each other's boyfriend. Why in God's name would we do that? Because I would think that it would be more like because we love you, we'd be like helping you, like however we can help. And the idea that we'd be in competition instead of in healthy competition, mean like helping to lift each other up mm-hmm. in a way that, okay, we're going to do this so that we can feel better, that we, you know have a bond that we know that we can trust each other and that's not happening and boy these poor kids it, it, it makes me sad it's not like everyone's not experiencing it to some degree but they're getting it right in their face every single day and so in trying to, to do that and help them is it makes me feel like okay that's a good a good way